0: Hello, you're listening to Community Matters for Thursday, March 17th. I'm Julia Cisla Hanley. Coming up on today's program, we'll hear the rebroadcast of the Community Conversation featuring Voices of the Disability Community that aired live on WRFA on March 10th. That's coming up on today's program in a moment. Here's a rebroadcast of the March 10th Community Conversation.
1: The following is a special program of WRFA Radio made possible by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting's American Rescue Plan Act Stabilization Fund.
0: Thank you for joining us for this special community conversation here on WRFA. I'm WRFA Public Affairs Director Julia Cisla-Hanley. This past fall, we learned about the local African American and black communities, LGBTQ plus communities, Hispanic, Latino, Latina, and Latina X communities, communities impacted by chemical dependency, and communities impacted by generational poverty. Tonight, we'll hear from another marginalized and underserved group, the disability community, to increase public awareness of their challenges and also identify workable solutions to overcome these challenges. I would first like to thank you who are tuned into this program on our airways of 107.9 as as well as those who are watching online. While we don't have an in-person audience for this event, those watching online are invited to submit questions for our panel using the comments section that I will then ask our panel if time allows. We do ask that you keep your questions brief. Also, this program is being made possible through funding for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. So we'll start first with introducing you to our panel of guests tonight. And starting from the very far right over here, my right, we have Pam Robbins. She is with Family Care uh, in the Resource Center and she also works for them. We have Dodie McIntyre, who is with the Jamestown Human Rights Commission and she is on the Disability Subcommittee. Paul Ribaudo, he lives here in Jamestown, works for Phil and Cindy's, and he is part of the independent living part of the Resource Center. And Marie Karuba, who is the Executive Director for Southwestern Independent Living Center and also is a Jamestown City Council member. So thank you everyone for coming here tonight. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with our first question. And Pam, you'll get to answer this question first and then everyone will get a chance mm-hmm. to answer it. So Pam, what would you say is the biggest issue facing the disability community right now?
2: I think it's disability that means if you're being good, being kind to others, but sometimes it's not easy for a community because everybody's been fighting it, because they've been hurting each other, or kicking or punching. But please don't do that, because sometimes it hurts. <laughs> it hurts a lot of people, you know, because it hurts, it hurts a lot of friends. You know, just please be kind to them, and be nice to them, what what they can do, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Dodie, would you like to answer what the what you think is the biggest issue facing
3: the disability community right now? Yeah, I think Pam just has a wonderful point um, in that there are a lot of individuals that just aren't treated kindly. Um, But I would say as uh, a caregiver, for an individual with significant mental health or mental health and other physical disabilities, um, one of the biggest challenges we're experiencing right now because she lives independently is staffing. Um, mm-hmm. There is uh, a staffing shortage as we hear all the time, uh, all throughout our country, um, but I think that the disability community is uh, disproportionately affected by the staffing which is now a crisis within uh, those of us who are caregivers for individuals with disabilities.
0: Mm -hmm. Paul, what would you say is the biggest issue facing you or or the disability community right now?
1: Just what Jody just said Mm -hmm. about the staffing part.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you experienced this where you live?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Then there's a lot of, what Pam was talking about, about the fighting and everything, Mm -hmm. happens up at Benedict all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, the one word I always hear is the R word all the time, Uh and the M word.
0: Moving on to Marie. Marie, what, what would you say are some of the biggest issues facing the disability community right now?
4: Well, actually, the counterpoint is the lack of, of employment opportunities for people with severe disabilities. It's very difficult for individuals who may not have had work experience as a, as a, as a youth um, to try to break into the market. A lot of people feel that they're um, unable to contribute in a way that is helpful or beneficial to the employer. However, I would say to the contrary that people with disabilities will work harder than anyone to continue to prove that they can do the job, that they wanna do the job, they will show up for work, they show up on time, they don't call off, they're great employees, but they have to be given the chance and a lot of times people's attitudes are really the biggest barrier, that the challenge they face is the acceptance Mm -hmm. of the community, that they can be great contributors to um, the community, to the employer, They do lots of things, and to Paul's comment, um, sometimes it's the words, the words that hurt the most that people call and um, stigmatize individuals and their disabilities instead of recognizing that they are people, Mm -hmm. and we don't want to label people, and they're, they're not the condition, they're not the disability, they're person first. And we all need to recognize that. Um, so the challenges are many, but unemployment is, is very tough when people want to work and there aren't opportunities that people are willing to um, allow them to become a participating member of society. And everybody wants to work. Everyone wants to find meaning in their life. People's social networks are quite often through employment. And so if they're not engaging in things like that, it's very difficult to have a network of people or friends or support groups that everybody needs a friend, and a lot of them come through employment. So that's one of the hardest things to, to explain to people is why employment is so significant and why we need to encourage employers and give people the opportunities that they deserve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And thinking about what, Paul, you were saying, you know, we, I grew up hearing the phrase, sticks and stones may break your bones, words will never hurt me, and how untrue... That is. Words really do hurt, and people don't always take into account how much that hurts when people say something to us and call us a name. So, yeah. Wow. Well, wanting to move on to something a little more positive, there are good things that are part of the disability community, things that are good that are happening. What do you think are your greatest strengths in the disability community? And Paul, I want to start with you. I'm going to put you on the spot first for this question. So what do you think are good things that are happening in the disability community? What are your strengths, would you say?
1: My strength is uh, being in the fire department doing that. Yeah. Teaching young teenagers how to be firefighters.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, really? So what What do you do, a training
1: course? Actually, it's a junior program. Falker has started. Every, every fire department has in Kennedy and Frewsburg. It teaches young teenagers how to be regular firefighters on fire department.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've heard from... Firefighters here in Jamestown. How we need firefighters. So yeah. that's really that's really something you're helping bring people forward yeah. and get them trained so they can become firefighters. That's really amazing. Wow, Dodie What what would you say some of the strengths are that for the disability community that are happening?
3: You know, I think one of the things that I'm most impressed with is um, working through the Human Rights Commission and being able to meet. Uh, Individuals who are differently abled and um, who use assistive technologies and um, have other challenges that may be barriers to uh, a certain quality of life. Um, They are, we are, being a person with a disability, uh, incredibly resilient. Um, And there is a... um, There are characters that you miss um, that you cannot uh, get through other typically developed individuals. So um, just meeting these two individuals today, um, being able to learn the gifts that they have are incredible. Uh, so you miss out when you do not extend yourself to meet and and in- Uh, be in the company of people uh, who have challenges, but um, more importantly, I think that the disability community in Jamestown is doing some really great things. Um, I think that the city of Jamestown is showing that they care about the disability community uh, through things like this, uh, but also uh, through the work in the Human Rights Commission and the City Council, and uh, the amazing number of, there are a large number of agencies within our community who serve the people within the disability community. And they are all doing really great things. Um, They all have limitations (laughs) that we'll talk about later, but they are doing amazing work and they are helping to improve the quality of life for people um, with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And we just don't give them enough credit for what they're doing. It's easy to complain about what they're not, and the gaps, so I really like that you're asking that question because there are a number of agencies, um, like the Independent Living Center, uh, the Resource Set- Resource Center, I get confused because of Cattaraugus County, um, and uh, Person-Centered Services and so on. Uh, they're doing really wonderful work.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's a blessing if you're getting confused because there are so many agencies. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, indeed.
0: hmm Pam, same question. What were, would you say are strengths of the disability community? I
2: think more strengths that need more, more strong enough. Because sometimes if you're strong enough to work, you've got to push yourself. You know, push yourself to it. Because it's like jumping in the water. You know, you've got to jump in the water, get, get more strength to pull yourself into that position because that's what I've been thinking about, because I was pulling myself into that water, because every time I push myself, pushing that water, come on, come on, you can make it. You know, mm-hmm. you just make the, the water, get through the water, and then when you get to the end, it's done. You know, you're done in the morning, you're done in the afternoon, you're done in the morning. Right? And then you go on and, and do your work, and then you go back to the work, and you go back on. You know, don't don't force yourself. Pace yourself. That's what I do. Pace yourself. Uh-huh. Doing the focusing what you have to do. Don't stop. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Setting goals. Setting your goals. Mm-hmm. Just keep right on going on it. And before you get, you know what, You're one. You did it. You know, it's like, oh, you did a good job. You got a goal. A lot of strength. A lot, yeah, of, strength, a lot of, strength. of gold.
0: Mm-hmm. Good advice for a lot of people. hmm hmm mm-hmm. Marie. So I don't mean to take you last again, but you know, for what, would, what would you say are the greatest strengths of the disability community?
4: I think it's teaching people how to be self-advocates, mm. how to speak up for themselves, because too often there's an expression that's been used in the disability community, nothing about us without us, and that's really important. We have to remember who are we here for, mm. and mm-hmm. it's for the person with the disability, For them to engage, for them to decide, independent living philosophy has always been about the individual first. It's up to you to determine what you want, what your needs are, not other people making decisions for you. So you are part of the plan and you're the biggest part of the process, not an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Um, Prior to the independent living movement, it was a medical model approach that the medical Uh, resources knew better than you what you needed better than your own family what you needed and that was never the case it's really about the individual and so Mm -hmm. learning to be an advocate and to be able to speak up for yourself and say when things are not right and Mm -hmm. speak up about when people are not being kind and treating you differently than they would treat other people everybody wants the same thing they want to be part of the community and to that end I think we have a tremendous amount of resources in this community We have many organizations that all function at very different levels that provide services, everything from housing uh, to assistance and making the community more accessible for people with physical and um, visual impairments. Uh, We've done far more than most communities and many communities much larger larger than the city here or the county that have not done anything with physical access for people. They don't have curb cuts, they don't have any of the opportunities to be able to go out in the community. They don't have accessible buses, they don't have accessible um, transportation services. So I think we've done a lot. Um, I've been here 39 years and I've seen great progress made. And um, a lot of it we take for granted because some people didn't know it before it was not uh, as accessible, where there were not curb cuts on virtually every corner that you could navigate the downtown without having to walk in the street for people using wheelchairs for mobility. You had to go out in the street, which was very dangerous. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the winter, when sidewalks are not clear, it can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. So I think as a community as a whole, people have recognized it. Many of the churches have done a lot to become accessible so they can allow people with different needs to be able to engage and participate. So I don't think it's just any one area. I think the community has evolved and recognized the needs of people with disabilities. Um, And our city government stepped Mm up um, and decided that we need to do more. We need to do better. Mm -hmm. And that involves everybody. We're an aging population as well. Anybody who thinks that they may never have a physical challenge is mistaken because as you age, it's very likely you could end up using a wheelchair or a Mm -hmm. Mm walker. And so anything that's done now will only enhance the ability for people to stay in the community and live the life Mm -hmm. that they
0: want to live, not somebody else's life. So, Marie, we're going to stay with you because I'm going to... There's a question I was going to ask next, but I'm going to skip that and come back to it because you're talking about some of the things that have happened that city government did with, you know, making sure that we put in curb cuts Mm -hmm. for, for access and did other things. And we have different laws that require homeowners to make sure their sidewalks are shoveled. But could you talk about how some of the challenges that exist right now that have been, have, whether they've had a positive or negative effect that you know have come from city government or even state or federal government. So have, have there been policies that have come out that have been good for the disability community or has there been some that have had an, uh, an unintended negative effect?
4: Um, the Americans with Disabilities Act, which was signed under the first George, President George Bush, really brought in the idea that people were part of the community with disabilities and people could not be discriminated against. It was much like the Civil Rights Act of the 60s was for individuals of color. This was to allow people who had were differently able to be able to participate in every aspect of, the, of, of life um, and that involved going into restaurants and going into libraries, um, public accommodations and having access to telephones for people who were deaf that they had to have other means to communicate. Um, it covered employment, it covered virtually everything that you could think of because up until then there were no rights, there were no laws that protected people with disabilities. Um, That was the first step and I think it's been a process of educating employers, of educating communities and businesses about what needs to be done and how we can accomplish that. And We face challenges within the city of Jamestown by virtue of just the geography. Mm -hmm. We have things that are down and things that are up on hills and very difficult to make accessible. But believe it or not, COVID has actually enhanced that because there's been curb service, there's been home delivery, there's been you can drive up to a grocery store and you don't have to get out and you can pick things up. So even that has evolved maybe in a good way. Not that I'm thrilled or want to continue this COVID pandemic for much longer. It's getting very difficult for a number of people who have anxiety or mental health issues Mm -hmm. Um, but the things that have occurred every one of these steps text messaging allows people who are deaf to communicate which no one ever thought about how do people who have an emergency who are deaf and cannot listen or hear on the phone or communicate over a telephone Mm -hmm. can now get someone and get help. So a lot of the technology, as Dodie previously mentioned, has really enhanced our ability for people with disabilities to be part of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the laws, community development, block grant funding has done a lot to make the curb cuts, to make buildings like City Hall, the elevators are accessible, and they have Mm -hmm. words and they speak so that you can hear where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that was done through funding that the city was able to get and to accomplish. Um, We've put in accessible playgrounds. Mm -hmm. I challenge anyone to go anywhere to find more parks with accessible equipment than we have right in the city. And that was a recognition of people who have disabilities also want to participate in these Mm -hmm. activities. They want to be part and play with other children. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, there was even at one point um, a very large swing at at, – Roseland Park Mm -hmm. that was meant for people with wheelchairs Mm -hmm. and people with physical Mm -hmm. disabilities to Mm -hmm. be able to integrate um, the the, um, surfaces of the parks, you know, and around the equipment so that people in wheelchairs or people with difficulty walking could be able to access all of that. Mm -hmm. So the laws um, have been providing more inclusion and more integration. And it covers virtually everything that we, you know, probably now overlook or don't even think about. But, you know, about 25 years ago, one of my staff members who used a wheelchair finally decided she had had enough and she was going to challenge the city that we needed to do better for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she was instrumental. Her name was Helen Kern. She retired um, about seven years ago, and she did a lot for the community to get them to recognize Mm -hmm. the difficulties people who were physically challenged had in negotiating, navigating the streets. And she used the ADA to make sure that the city knew that this is where we were lacking, and I will say that the mayor and um, his staff did everything they could to really step up and try to get things um, better for everybody.
0: Mm And thinking about when that ADA law went through and it, that wasn't that long ago. it was mm-hmm. we're talking 30 years not even Correct. maybe and and yeah. wow, you know and, and we've had people with disabilities all through all times mm-hmm. and Absolutely. that we didn't have laws Absolutely. to protect and 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 the Provide for mm-hmm. until just 30 years ago, mm-hmm. with you know, within time I've been alive, even. So that's mm-hmm. really that's really something to me, strike really striking to me to think mm-hmm. about. Um. And one of the other things right
4: now is guardianship, which was done quite frequently to basically mm-hmm. take the rights of people with disabilities away and say you cannot make decisions for yourself. And in many cases, there are individuals that cannot do that. Mm-hmm. But I think even the courts are now recognizing that. There are more limited guardianships that may do that. Somebody may That's need right. help with finances, but they can make decisions for themselves about where they would like to live, about where they would like to work, um, and so there's a there's been even within the courts a recognition of rights and not reducing rights or taking rights away from individuals yes. with disabilities unless it's absolutely necessary. And I think there has been more stringent requirements placed so that not everyone who is proposed to have a guardianship actually needs or ends up with a guardianship so mm-hmm. that that's a that's been a huge change in thought in the legal
0: system about mm-hmm. rights mm-hmm. Um, for <clears throat> excuse me for Paul and Pam is there something in that question that you also would like to add where I was asking about any challenges I, yeah. I was
2: asking a question mm-hmm. I I've been through that over the years in school mm-hmm and they had these problems with these kids because they're handicapped. And I says, why in the wheelchairs? Why anybody gets on the way of things? There's no place to go to. There's there's a lot of slides and a lot of little things they can't get through. You know, it was like, oh, I can get, you can't even get through the bathroom oh. with a wheelchair They can't even see where they're going because they're blind. One guy, when I was at the library, he couldn't even see nothing Mm -hmm. because he couldn't see because nobody didn't help him. Uh Nobody didn't help him because he was blind because, oh, excuse me, i got to get somebody out. They don't help him. He's walking around alone, and he can't see.
0: So they weren't making the accommodations for people who needed it.
2: Right, and they needed it, and he he needs it because it, people got to know they can't see what he's doing. Because mm-hmm. I, I said, Do "You work here?" I said, "No, I don't work here. I'm just a employee. I'm not a employee. I'm just a, I'm just a, my own business." Mm-hmm.
0: You're someone who saw someone who needed help, and you they knew, needed help. Yeah. yeah,
2: they needed help because all these people. Because they can't see. Mm-hmm. They can't even. He's walking around alone. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I'll, I'll do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. You can't. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know what much I, I feel. Right. Because I, I don't know what I can do. You know, I just can't help him. Mm-hmm. And he, it's like independent. Because i, I got to be independent. And he's got to be dependent. That's
0: right. And nobody can help him. Mm. Wow. Wow. Paul, did you have anything you wanted to share? No. Okay. All right. We're going to go back to the question I wanted to ask before, but I thought I had an opportunity, and I thought I'd go right to Marie for so I skipped. So I'm going back to the question about COVID-19 and the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We all have been through it. We are still going through Mm -hmm. it. It all affected us. But- how would you say the pandemic has affected the disability community? And, and Paul, I'm going to start with you this time because you didn't have anything to share last yeah. time. So how, how did the pandemic affect you?
1: Uh, our answers, they can't our answers. We can't do uh-huh. that because big group thing, we're not allowed to do that. Right.
0: Took away your social opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. What about work? Were you able to work? Well, yeah, the-
1: I was able to work. Mm-hmm. No, not the the beginning of Mhm. My brother only did takeout. They didn't need me to do the dishes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because oh, right, you worked with Phil and Cindy, you help with bus uh, doing the busing of the tables. Yeah, I changed
1: the mm-hmm. buckets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was that
0: must have been difficult.
1: No, we're back to normal now. Well, that's that's definitely improvement. They just They just. Uh, <laughs> The children began to wear a mask at the restaurant. No mask at the, at the restaurant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not have to wear it anymore.
0: Right. Lots of changes, though. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Dodie, I didn't ask you the last time when we had questions about challenges and stuff, but with the pandemic, how did you see that affecting either things that you were dealing with at home or with the community?
3: Yeah. So we have a daughter who lives in a group home. And uh, in Cattaraugus County, and the impact to her during COVID was devastating, absolutely devastating, Uh, for disproportionately so. You know, for a full year, she couldn't see her family. Uh, We were unable to visit. Um, We, uh, when we could finally visit, we had to be outside and apart, and we couldn't hug her, um, and she didn't understand. (laughs) Um, She had been told, you know, these are the rules because of the illness and and so on, but emotionally, um, she really struggled to understand, Mm -hmm. and she's adopted, and her biological family abandoned her in large part. And uh, so to her, it was a real trigger um, to some of the struggles that she had had before she came to us. And uh, that was a real challenge. My sister, who I help as a caregiver for, uh, as well as my parents, I saw major uh, problems with depression and anxiety in each of them. my sister uh, she went for a short time without any services in her home and then when they did come um, it felt so impersonal to her um, and not being able to get into stores and and do the normal things that they do to uh, improve their quality of life uh, was halted in such dramatic ways um, that they, I'm also a pastor, and uh, the aged community, particularly Mm -hmm. those with Mm -hmm. disabilities, will never come back. Mm -mm. They're forever changed from some of their experiences during COVID. And that is a significant concern for me as a community member, uh, understanding that we took such a huge step back in people's empowerment, because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that we need to wake up and understand that and uh, help people get back to a place where Mm -hmm. they're able to have a voice again uh, because they lost their voice. Some that they have fought their whole lives Mm -hmm. to get and then lost again during COVID. And uh, we need to help them Mm-hmm. get back to the place where mm-hmm. they have a voice again
0: mm-hmm. i i recall hearing during a pandemic when we were all shut down that you know people could not see their family who were in or friends mm-hmm. that were in group homes and mm-hmm. and i think about it, it was hard f- for people who you know you know could really you know wrap their heads it was very hard to wrap mm-hmm. your heads around anyway mm-hmm. what yes. we were going through mm-hmm. and to not understand that i just i cannot I cannot imagine. heartbreaking. I cannot imagine. It, it was. I feel, I feel that really <laughs> deeply. Uh, heartbreaking. Thinking about that, knowing how hard it was not to see just my f- loved ones, you know, mm-hmm. who lived out of town in some mm-hmm. cases. So, uh, and it just, and and not, and maybe not being able to explain mm-hmm. it as well. So,
1: yeah.
0: my goodness. So, uh, Pam, how, how were you affected by the pandemic? I think
2: it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard for my family. So I couldn't see my mom, mm-hmm. my father. we have been sick. My brother and I, he was sick with the ear infections mm-hmm. with a stem epidemic, and I was sick with a cold, and he couldn't do anything for him. I couldn't do it. I cried. Mm-hmm. I really broke down <laughs> with him because he couldn't hear, and he, it scares me because with other people— that you were saying that it scares you because you, you're trying to get to your family, but you can't get to your family from the airport to uh, weddings to everything. You know, you can't go dancing. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't even go any stores.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I couldn't even go to the mall. You can't even go to the Tree. You can't even go anywhere because of the stomach. Because all these people were saying, they're from China, from all over the world. What the heck? What's going on to this world now? Mm-hmm. We need it done.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. I'm, it breaks my heart mm-hmm. for everybody. Deep, and I'm sorry. In this whole world, I mean, this deep, deep down, I look down and I just, this is, Crazy mm-hmm. from Ohio to Holton to anywhere, you can't go out mm-hmm. somewhere out west because everything is all demic. Mm-hmm. You can't even go out, you can't do anything. Lauren wants to go um, to Mexico mm-hmm. and she can't do it because her family had to go to the wedding mm-hmm. and everything closed down. Mm-hmm. And she can't go, Paul can't go, mm-hmm. nobody can't go. It was hard. I mean, it was very hard to me and hard to my friends and my neighbors Mm -hmm. because they can't go out. Right. They can't go out and see each other. They can't hug each other. But, well, Candy Young hugged somebody one day and she got sick from Uh it. Uh Wow. And I truly, that's not the right answer. That's the rules. Follow the rules and go from there. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands, wear your mask, protect yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because you gotta, you can't wash it off. It's still there with you all the way through, mm-hmm. inside and out. But drink a lot of orange juice, drink anything you can drink, water, drink mm-hmm. milk, anything you can get into. Because a lot of people out there is are sick. Because yeah. there's, no, there's no mask, but you have to wear one because I had to wear one, my mother had to wear one because we've both been, we don't want to get vetted in it. Nope. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people at Wegmans, they don't wear a mask, mm-hmm. they don't wear it. They just think, oh, I don't want to wear it. And it's like, well, you're going to get sick anyway. Hmm. At Redmond's, Walmart, wherever you go right. and dirt store there, everybody's sick because everybody's been sick. You can get anybody get sick. They're going to say, Oh, I'm going to get sick. And then they don't wear it. Right.
0: Well, fortunately, at least we do have the vaccines and hopefully we are coming out of this where we can start to see people able to gather again and, and spend time together again. Uh, as we had before. Marie, I wanted to ask you about the pandemic because you saw a lot of effects on the community from a different side, from I would call it maybe the, the uh, not the institutional side, but from the organizational side where there were all these programs that were put out there to help people. And I remember you talking at many different city council meetings about the difficulties there were for people to get the help they needed at times.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I have to compliment Pam though. You have,
4: in the short time I've spoken with you today, you have dispensed some of the best advice I've heard That's right. from <laughs> That's from a right. lot of people. You know and does. I have to commend you for speaking up and saying what you think and what you believe and giving some good I, I advice to in people. I believe
2: in them because a lot of people have been out there been sick with, with it because everybody's mm-hmm. been, they've been in the hospitals, they don't hug anybody, they mm-hmm. don't see any kids mm-hmm. at all because of the th- when they have cancer, all these kids wearing masks and mm-hmm. because every time you look at them, like they're pulling their hair out and they had no, parents had no food. There were no food for them because the kids, they need bills, they need doctors, they need nurses.
4: But I just wanted to thank you, Pam, for your sound mm-hmm. advice.
2: Yes, because sometimes a lot of people out there, they need the medical help, they need a lot of kids, call the number, you know, call the number on mm-hmm. the line because these kids need a lot of help because they need bicycles for the, um, for whenever time I look down there and he said, thank you, and everybody said thank you to them mm-hmm. for everything you did for all the money. And I said, well, if I can help those kids, what I can do for them? Mm-hmm. Because I, I know from day one they said, oh, these kids have got to need help because they arms like this and they need love, help, you know, mm-hmm. to get them around, get them walking again, get them back to the help, you know. Mm-hmm. But just call the number. Please help these kids out. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. But getting back to your question, um... I did see it from a different perspective. I was fortunate that our agency was considered essential, so we worked throughout the pandemic. Um, we, we had to do everything over the phone. Um, we did meet with people, but we had to meet outside because of. at the beginning, we just didn't know how easy it was to get infected. And being in an organization with people who have disabilities themselves had to be careful and mindful. If my staff became ill. I wouldn't have an office to mm-hmm. run. We wouldn't have people to help. So we had to we had to figure out a way to do things differently, and we were able to adapt. And I have to give credit to all my staff. They all hung in there. Nobody complained. We stuck with it, and thankfully no one got sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to, to accomplish what we needed to do to help, because to go back is very isolating for people with disabilities who didn't have access to transportation, who were not able to get because they couldn't go to a store to get anything because things oh. were shut down. Okay. So a lot of things had to be done. Um, and a lot of people that um, th- that ha- are not used to doing business over the internet or may not have oh, great okay. access mm-hmm. to those things or may not have credit cards, The things that people could do to order things online aren't available to someone who doesn't have credit. Mm -hmm. So we were trying and accommodating people in different ways to help them get what they Mm -hmm. needed. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very difficult for people with anxiety. It really heightened and magnified people's anxiety. They were Mm -hmm. fearful of getting it. They were fearful of going out. So for people who had social phobias um, and getting out into the community, it was just unthinkable to to go out and leave their homes. They were very Mm -hmm. fearful. For people who have social phobias, not being able to interact, I think the isolation, not only of people who Mm -hmm. were living in assisted Mm -hmm. living for older folks, but also for people like like Pam and Paul, Mm -hmm. um, where you didn't have that contact with your family, with your network, with your support group, Mm -hmm. um, was very isolating, very difficult, and for a lot of people, very difficult to understand. why. Why did my family leave? Why have they abandoned me? Why have my friends? Why doesn't anyone? Well, that's what's
2: happened to everybody because they abandoned them. Right. And they've abandoned them because of the other people. They're saying, oh, look at this. I'm banning my child. You know, Mm -hmm. you're banning them because there's no place to go
4: but a lot of them, it was very difficult. It was as hard as it, it was, was on hard. the individual in the facility, mm-hmm. it was very difficult for the families to be isolated because they wanted to see and hug and yep. get close mm-hmm. to their family members. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't get to see them for holidays, which nope. was extremely there, there, no, difficult. No,
2: there's no holidays there's no Christmas. Right. Like we used to do in our family, we used to, we used to have that um, Christmas time. I couldn't see my family. And I couldn't see my nephew, my niece, anybody.
4: Mm-hmm. So it was a struggle. It was a struggle it, for a lot real of people. It's a struggle.
0: I mean it's real hard to it's understand. Me.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a big family. Paul has yeah. a lot of family and yeah. you couldn't see them either. No.
1: Mm-hmm. Being in a COVID I couldn't.
4: And so hard for people couldn't get to churches where they got support, at religious nope. services, right. they nope. weren't able to go there. That's
2: what's happened that's what happened to us at church. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes They've been sick of this. You know, it's like, you can't go to church. You can't mm-hmm. ride bikes mm-hmm. somewhere else because there's no people. There's no places to go.
4: So it was difficult for people to navigate, and it really was exacerbating for people with disabilities because a lot of the services they were used to had to shut down as well because of the, the fear of getting COVID and how it was transmitted. Um, the, they go back to the direct care. A lot of people are very fearful of getting COVID and people coming into their homes. So people yes. who needed care in their home would not allow people to come in. And that was all age ranges, mm-hmm. that people yep. were afraid to allow a stranger that they didn't know you know, where they had right. been and who they'd been in contact with. And now you're going to come into my home. I'm very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I can't protect myself. Um, so a lot of people went without. They yep. did, and, and unfortunately, a lot of situations where people might need physical therapy or mm-hmm. treatments or care in the home, they were not getting it. And that's it what's, that's
2: what's happened here in Jamestown because there's no, there was no therapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. anybody because everybody needs therapy, and they can't go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I can't take candy over there, and I can't take mm-hmm. anybody.
4: Mm-hmm. So there was a definite decline for people in their health and in their well-being, um, mm-hmm. especially because of all the things that did have to close um, because of COVID. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And thinking about what Jody was saying, too, that, you know, there are a lot of people who have been working on mm-hmm. things. And then to have such a setback like that and to mm-hmm. lose maybe everything that you've been working toward, to mm-hmm. try to come back not knowing mm-hmm. what next week's going to be like or yes. the next month, mm-hmm. that's very difficult. It, it, it is difficult
2: because I've been through this mm-hmm. over the years when my brother and I, we're all sitting around when he had no work, you know, it was like it's hard for him mm-hmm. because I love him, but still it's hard.
0: It sure is.
2: Because it's hard for me too because ugh, when we had this, everybody left down the resource center. Because everybody had left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we had to leave. Because we had so much a panic attack from all the stomach, mm-hmm. And we had to shut down everything. Mm-hmm. My whole life, this was like whack. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Going all whack.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: But I've been praying for it. So I said, well, praise God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise God we got something that we can do. Mm-hmm. Come on, you're on the other side of it. Come on the other side. Yes. What's coming on the other side of it? What's coming on the side now? Right. On the circle or the left?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you say that, Pam, because my next question is, well, what do we go? What do we do now? So, what are the big issues or main issues? Would you say that the disability community or the people who help lead your community would like to work on? You know, or continue working on for the future?
2: Mm. I'm working on the future now because I'm working on it. I'm working on trying to be safe. You know, I'm trying to be safe mm-hmm. and saying sorry for myself because mm-hmm. I'm asking out from everybody. You know, I'm working on somebody that's been sick or hurt. My nephew mm-hmm. was so sick that he's in the hospital with my little nephew, Jacobson. He hasn't been in the hospital
1: mm-hmm. for
2: two for the whole ten four days and he didn't come out I was so scared my whole life was like pending on me and pending on my nephew I was so scared Mm
1: -hmm.
2: my family my friends my neighbors and I says I gotta love my neighbors I can't be mean to them I gotta be kind to them that's what the Bible says be kind to them Because I can't be mean to them, i got to be nice to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, my neighbors and my friends and everywhere, I look around, it's like, look around you. You know, look around now to see what you think about. You know, think about yourself and think about the others. Mm -hmm. Think about their others first and then think about yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking about. Mm because I've been thinking about my life, I said thinking about the others. Mm-hmm. What are they gonna do now before all this, the war and everything else, they commit mm-hmm. and everything else down in Russia, they have war mm-hmm. going on because they have no place to go, no place to live, because all the bombing, mm-hmm. what they're gonna do next when they're done with all this themick. Right. They're fighting each other because all this themick you're fighting each other, and you're kicking everybody out of the house, out mm-hmm. uh, of their homes, their family, their friends. They're walking right out there, and they said, what are we going to do next? You know, mm-hmm. it's the whole world.
0: It's falling apart. Yep. Dodie, for yeah. some main issues that maybe you can pinpoint that that disability community you know, could be working on or would like to work on? What do you think are some some tracks forward?
3: Yeah, so I'm uh, um, going on the kindness theme. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, and, and stealing some from the previous conversations that we've had, community conversations that we've had, I would love um, for the government and the agencies and uh, that we would work on awareness of the difference between tolerance and inclusion. Mm. Um, I'm just going to give you a quick example. So, tolerance is that most grocery stores have handicapped spaces. It's Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And a lot of grocery stores have um, scooters for individuals who have uh, mobility impairment. Mm -hmm. But my parents, who uh, are completely uh, dependent upon um, a wheelchair for their mobility, pull in to a handicapped space and cannot get from the parking lot to the scooter.
1: So mm-hmm. tolerance
3: says this is a law mm-hmm. we have to accommodate and these are the minimum requirements to accommodate an individual. Acceptance mm-hmm. and inclusion says, okay, there's a problem, there's a gap, mm-hmm for an individual who needs to get from this location to this location. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, an idea for inclusion would be to post a sign on the handicap sign that says if you are in your car and you are unable to mobilize yourself from your car to the scooter call this number and a customer service representative will come out and assist you by bringing the cart to you. That's the difference between tolerance Mm -hmm. and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Um, Tolerance does the very basic that is required um, and inclusion and acceptance actually listens to an individual and their needs Mm -hmm. and brings them to the table to say, what are we missing here? And how can we make this experience better for you and improve Mm -hmm. your quality of life? Mm -hmm. And I think that That is um, a theme in the conversations that we have through our Disability Subcommittee at the Human Rights Commission. And I think that it is a good place to push into um, in a city that is already doing a lot Mm -hmm. to help be inclusive, um, but to do more awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, for individuals who, or businesses who, look at the law and say, "This is this is what we have to do. This is what we're going to do," mm-hmm. um, but they would have so much greater value if they would bring someone who has those challenges to the table and ask them, "What are we missing? Uh, how can yeah. we be more inclusive mm-hmm. and accepting?"
2: Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're thinking about too at Walmart mm-hmm. because Walmart it's close like a gap. You know, it's like you're close together mm. where the wheelchair, you know, it's like get to the cart, bring it over to them instead of being laziness. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the main thing right there. Mm. You know, I've been asking that question before I was here, and I said, why not do the wheelchair? Mm. You know, just get yep. the gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> can you... Put the car, put the cars somewhere else mm. instead of in the wheelchair people. You know, give them a chance to park where they park mm. Mm. instead of having by Walmart mm-hmm. and against all that gap. You know, place to park because mm. we can't even park the car for me and Candy and Laura Heater.
3: That. Not- that is an issue as
2: well. That's what yeah. issues are that's because it's right there right. because I know what I'm saying point. it <laughs> <laughs> because I'm saying it with you, you know, it's like it's like it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's yep. hard for her and me both because we're trying to get in the parking lot and there's no parking space. There's no parking space sure. either. That's right.
0: Right. That's right. I wanna be sure I get yes. hear from Paul. So Paul? Okay. Yeah. Paul, what do you think is an issue that would be important to work on for the disability community but something Rams. that you think should be changed or could be made better. More wheelchair ramps for wheelchairs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like trans transport, like more wheelchair
1: access to wheelchairs. Yeah. Yeah. More ramps. More ramps. hmm Because so. at my house, wheelchair people can't live at our house. Really. But there's a special uh, group home down below us it's called hair's the dog daycare hmm that's where all the wheelchair people go
0: okay mm. so do you think do you see this around a lot of places where they don't have ramps where people yeah. can get in mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that is a good
1: point yeah, I think of a them, lot of
0: places that have stairs mm. mm-hmm.
1: like Benedict we have a we have um, stairs and a elevator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have one resident, they had issues with the stairs. Mm-hmm. We had to send them over to Willow, Jeff, Jeff Walk That's why we moved Jeffrey downstairs wow. and me and Berkey upstairs. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. on fire drills, they had our time on fire drills, going oh. down the stairs. Mm. Jeff Walkwell, yeah. they, they, they moved them to Willow.
0: Yeah. And he might have liked to have stayed where he was.
1: Maybe. Yeah, but he, hmm. he likes it over at Willow anyways. No.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but it's still.
1: We've been sending a lot yeah. of people over Willow. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's why I was thinking on it too, Paul, when I was thinking on it. Because a lot of people, when I was up at the YMCA, they had like steps for a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. They should need a ramp there for people that could swim. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, I looked around and a lot of people doesn't use steps. And I turned around and I said, why they can use a wheelchair around that area? And then the kids could step, step on the steps. Marie may have some ideas
3: about
0: mm-hmm. that too. And I was gonna ask Marie if you've had any ideas on issues that you would like to see moving forward for the disability community. I
4: think we need to continue to educate. And to Dodie's point, I think a lot of times it isn't people doing the minimum. They just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we took the approach when Mm -hmm. we got calls or people had concerns about particular businesses, we would go and speak with them. Mm -hmm. Do you realize that when you at holiday time, you clutter all the aisles. It is very difficult for people using wheelchairs and mobility devices. That's when to I've been thinking about through. it, too, when I was up to... Uh, they, they try to load the merchandise as much yeah, as they can, yeah. but it makes it extremely difficult mm-hmm. for people with mm-hmm. mobility impairments. It's mm-hmm. very confusing. It's difficult for people with low vision or or who are legally blind to navigate those kinds of aisles because mm-hmm. they are obstructed That's
2: what happened in the aisles mm-hmm. when I was in the grocery store one day. I was up to... Mm-hmm. Top's And I looked around and there was there's aisles. There's more aisles, but they're cutting out the aisles for anybody to get in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Oh.
4: Yeah. And so it's scooters even scooters, more difficult yeah. to maneuver than a wheelchair. Yeah. So sometimes it's just talking to people and explaining, you know. Yeah, this is
2: and, and explaining about it because some uh, people, they don't know what to do at, at tops or regments. Well, years
4: ago, people would tell us when we would inquire that, is your business accessible because you've had someone inquire? Well, it's only got one step. Mm-hmm. I said, well, the only one step makes it not accessible for someone who needs a wheelchair mm-hmm. or has difficulty picking up their legs. Mm-hmm. That's not accessible. And, and that's
2: what, it, that's what I was thinking about it last mm-hmm. night because I've been thinking about it. It's like, what in the world are people going to do? You know, mm-hmm. Because they can't walk. Mm-hmm. They can't move. They can't see. Mm-hmm. Whenever time there's something in the way, move it. Mm-hmm. Move it right mm-hmm. quickly so they can get around. You know, okay. mm-hmm.
4: but we find most people if you present it and talk to them and bring it up, mm-hmm. that they are very willing to make the accommodations and mm-hmm. make the adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I I know businesses when my friend, you know, my coworker Helen couldn't get in, they would bring the merchandise to her, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that was an accommodation. They didn't have a ramp, like Paul said. They weren't able to because of where they were. They couldn't obstruct the sidewalk, but they were willing to accommodate her by bringing the merchandise so that she could see it and,
0: and couldn't navigate in the That's building. That's what
2: I was thinking about okay. it last um, yep. yesterday.
0: Oh, and I'm going to just quickly, I don't mean to interrupt you, Pam, but we have just enough time to maybe answer one last question, and I want to make sure we ask this, and it was, this, and it fits into what we're discussing exactly, and it is how can people who are listening right now, or maybe tune in later, how can people in Jamestown learn more about issues and challenges facing the disability community, and, and maybe how can they help you work toward um, fixing some of these problems, and I'll, I'll start with Dodie.
3: Hmm. I think um, listening to people, uh, inviting them to the table. Um, I, I love the work that the independent living centers do because they empower people to come to the table and use their voice, um, but I don't think they're offered enough opportunities to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we have to hear people's stories to understand mm-hmm. their challenges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes those stories aren't uncomfortable. Yeah. But that doesn't make them any less important to hear.
2: Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That's that's what I've been thinking about last night. When I said, "What what's important to all these kids mm. can't understand what's going on?" You know, it's like okay. the whole world said, "I can't understand what's going on." Okay. You know, it's like little kids saying, "Oh, look at this—a little character sure. or something." You know, it's like. Yeah. It's like disappointing, you know, it's like, oh I am disappointed, I've mm-hmm. been sick or disappointed, you know, it's like disappointed something, you know, it's like it's like a yo yo. It's like up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're feeling pressure in your mind. It's like the mind's eye, you know, you don't look at it. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: And I'm unfortunately we've run out of time and so I really I wanna thank all of you so much for coming on tonight. It's been so wonderful. And you know, as with our our previous community conversations, we, it is our hope that these conversations will serve not just as a historical archive of challenges and accomplishments of the, our communities, but also encourage our audience members to consider ways in in way they can maybe support your ongoing work and and learn more about Mm -hmm. the disability community as well. So thank you to our audience for tuning in. You will be able to view this presentation online for free on our Facebook and YouTube channel, and it will be available on WRFALP.com. We'll be rebroadcasting this at 5 p.m. on Community Matters next week. On behalf of WRFA, the Regulene Center for the Arts and Cranky Plate Productions, thank you for being with us tonight on WRFA. Thanks for tuning into Community Matters this week. I'm Julia Cisla-Hanley for WRFA.